Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I'm Paul. Je suis le Ken. Hello, Ken. Hello. Good news. You're in control today. So here are the reins. The pub. <laughs> this is on the back of a few episodes ago for Simple Pleasures. You put in the pub. I did. And it set me thinking that it is such a big part of certainly mine and your lives. I thought we've got to have a proper discussion about the pub. Why not? I absolutely love going to the pub. <laughs> Whenever I tend to go to the pub on a regular basis, it tends to be to work. I'm either hosting <laughs> bingo or hosting a quiz, both of which I've got away with for 25 years. Mm. <laughs> and got paid for and got free beer and got a night out twice a week. I really, <laughs> A, I can't believe I've been getting away with it this long. Uh, but B, I can't believe I've been getting away with it this long. It's just, <laughs> I have the most wonderful time in the pub. But you know my working life. It is relentless. Monday to Friday, I get up at six o'clock. I'm never in bed before midnight. And in between, I work. So periodically, I'll have a complete blowout at the pub with a group of mates. We'll go around Chorley or Preston. Or some, we'll just go somewhere for a day out and just enjoy being in the pub. Yeah. There's any number of things like, you know, go out with mates who, let's try some real ales. I've not had that one. Let's try that one. I've not had that real ale before. And compare notes and there's the general atmosphere in the pub. Uh, but pub culture is declining. It can't be denied that it's not what it used to be in mm. years. I mean, uh, part of that will be leveled at the rise in uh, Muslim culture. There are more Muslims and fewer um Non-Muslims. Non-Muslims, thank you. I was <laughs> scrabbling about for that one. But also, I just think there's a general decline in people who go to the pub. It's quite an expensive hobby now. Mm. Whereas it never, it, although it was always a luxury, it was never quite as much of a luxury. It's, the price of a pint is way, way above the rate of inflation. Yeah. So I know that you feel very, <laughs> very positive about the pub, but I just thought it would be one of those things to eulogise about for 20 minutes. Definitely. It is one of those things that, as you say, not for everybody, but for many people, it just becomes part of your life. And through the different stages of your life, you have different stages of pub. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. So uh, when we were young, although, of course, legally old enough to drink. And obviously, um, yes. <laughs> we used to go to some awful, awful <laughs> pubs in Preston. <laughs> and they're not the kind of place that you would ever, ever want to go back in. But we loved them. And we would go every week to the same places and drink the horrible drinks that they serve. But that was suitable and appropriate to that stage of mm. our lives. But even now, when we get the chance to go to pubs, we will very often veer in the direction of a, a shit pub. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year, for on it was around Platinum. Platy yes, Jubes. it was Platy Jubes Day. <laughs> for some bizarre reason, one of our very, very rare days when me and mm. you just went to the pub. But we deliberately aimed for shit pubs. <laughs> And they turned out to be not shit. Yeah, I, I, we couldn't find a shit one, which is quite weird. <laughs> In Preston, you've done yourself proud. <laughs> but yeah, it is. There's different pubs for different 
mood, but it's not necessarily about what the place looks like. Mm. So, for example, you mentioned the quiz that you host. Up until quite recently, it was at a pub, a, but a very, a very year old, old thatch pub. Yeah. Yes, a very, very traditional, and it looked mm. lovely. Now, the venue where you host quiz is less salubrious, shall <laughs> we say. But the atmosphere, yeah. the people, I mean, the drinks they serve, it's just so much better. Whereas if you walked into that place just off the street, you'd probably think, hmm, have we come into the wrong place? Mm. But it's the whole package, isn't it? It is, and everybody's commenting. You see, the, the pub where I was before... We've been drinking there many, many years. Mm. And when we very first started going out to quizzes, all those years ago, <laughs> it was at a pub called The Hospital Inn in Bamber Bridge. And in those days, it was nothing like it is now. It was red vinyl seats. And uh, <laughs> I won't say grotty, but it was certainly, it uh, had its day uh, decoration-wise. That was the first example I got of how a landlord and lady can completely alter the feel of a pub. Mm. Now, when we started going... It was a quite a youngish landlord and lady, and they made us feel very welcome. And then yeah. they changed to an older couple, and we were made to feel very unwelcome. And the whole emphasis of the pub shifted, and that was when I realised that who's behind the bar matters a lot. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, that's what I found over the years, which is why I found myself where I am now, the Trades Hall in Banbridge. <laughs> now, there were some ums and ahs when I shifted. For whatever reason I, I shifted, I moved away from the lovely old 400-year-old thatch pub, which from the outside and indeed on the inside, it is traditional, warm, old English pub. Yes. But behind the bar needs to reflect that. Yes. And if it doesn't quite gel... You've got a problem. Now, the, the Trades Hall, like you said, it's it, it basically a working men's club, in fact, <laughs> yeah. in, in a very nice building. But the whole atmosphere in there, I have not, I don't think I can remember having a quiz that's got quite as good an atmosphere. <laughs> Everybody's in one big room. Yeah. The drinks are tuppence. And the atmosphere is just brilliant because the, the bar staff and the regulars, they recognise that we are keeping the place alive. Mm. So... The warm welcome and you know people have got behind it and got involved. There's a lot more to a pub than just how it looks. You're quite right. Yeah. I mean, our local pub is, uh, well, it used to be a card shop and they've done very little to it. It's not fancy on the inside. They've screwed a few pallet things to the walls. Chipboard, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's chipboard everywhere. But... They do know about their beer and they don't charge an awful lot for their beer. Mm. And they're nice. They speak to you when you go in. If you walk past them in the street, they say hi. We went in last weekend and the landlord asked me, because he said, you, you come in all the time, I don't, but I don't know your name. And so, you know, he made a point. Mm. And then, you know, when you go up, it's always same again, even though there could be 30 other people in the pub. I mean, obviously in the really big crowded city centre pubs you don't necessarily get that and it's not necessarily a bad thing but that just that kind of community and you know someone walks in and go oh look at this dickhead <laughs> you know there's, there's no not <laughs> it is it's just it's just daftness like that and you feel welcome don't you and part of something 
Well, Dawn has never been a pub goer. Mm. She's, I won't say more of a wine bar girl. She's just not really been out to pubs as such or out with a drinking culture. She came along to quiz on the bingo supportively. (laughs) And now I can't get her out of the pub. (laughs) Because she's realised there is that pub culture. There's the the characters. Mm. You know, you've got the barfly. (laughs) If you're a barfly, you are the worst person in the pub. (laughs) Get away from the bar. People need to get there to order drinks and pay. It's not your personal table. Yes. But you've got the morning old bastard in the corner. <laughs> Things aren't as good as they used to be. And you've got the young crowd who don't know how to handle the beer. Yeah. And there's just this microcosm of society, this cross-section all within one area. And I think northern pubs, I hate to stereotype here, but northern pubs have got more of a character about them, southern ones. We went to a really lovely pub in Islington, I think. It was a really nice pub, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a proper old sort of, you know how you you get the the view in your head of the East End pub (laughs) with a piano in the corner, and you walk in, it was lovely, it was a lovely old pub. The frosty, almost hostile reception from the young girl behind the bar who really didn't want to be working at midday on a Sunday. And you think, you want some cockney bar wench who's got (laughs) some big landlord in an apron that's going to be... Oh, time, please, ladies and gentlemen. Go, blimey. And you, you want that sort of thing from a... You want Barbara Windsor yes. behind the bar. Yeah. So finding the right pub is very difficult. There's so many variations out there. You've got people that take on management of a pub thinking, this will be a bit of a laugh, before mm. realising it's bloody hard work, actually. You don't just wake up at 11 o'clock and start pulling pints. There is a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> But throughout my whole life, the pub has been this cornerstone of my social life. And I've never had a local as such. Mm. But the joy you get from meeting up with mates in a pub, even having wakes in pubs. uh, (laughs) Americans cannot get their head around the fact that (laughs) any opportunity we have to have a drink. There's a woman on Facebook called Yorkshire Peach. I think the very first video of hers I saw, she was on about being, she's American, she'd come over and married a Yorkshireman. And not long after they'd either got together or got married, he went out to a funeral and came back home absolutely steaming. (laughs) Oh my God, is he an alcoholic too? Uh, No, he's just British. (laughs) (laughs) How else do you come home from a funeral? (laughs) Christenings. You go drinking at a... Why? (laughs) Again, refer to chapter one of How to Be an Englishman. <laughs> it is, it's so steeped in everything that we do. But you, I mean, you were talking earlier about the after work pint. Oh, yes. I mean, I, sadly, because I work so far away from where I live, the logistics involved in going for an after work pint are quite horrendous. So it just doesn't happen. But it also just doesn't happen anyway in my work. So you just don't get it. It's not like I'm missing out because I've got to get back to Preston. It just doesn't happen. Just, yeah. Well, this it's like I sent you that poster before. I've been invited onto the engagement team at work, which has <laughs> basically been set up. It's three people with no money and no facilities trying to get people to interact more at work. Mm. So I've been coming up with a list 
alliterative things to use as events. So there's biscuit bingo. And I thought, we really do need to get out after work. Because commuting through the town centre, particularly in the evenings, I'll go and get my bus. And the night's coming to life. And there's been several times when I've looked around, I think I've messaged you and said, I really wish you were here just to go for a pint yeah. after work. So I thought, ah, payday. Everybody goes to the pub at payday, or they used to. How about the payday pint? So I've printed up posters and put them around work and sent round an email. The response has been amazing <laughs> that people now can't wait to go out for a drink after work one Friday a month. They don't restrict yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point is to get people back into the idea that actually going for a drink with your work colleagues anywhere to the bus or the train or what have you, it might just help things um, relax. Because I haven't done the after work thing now for a good few years mm. and I miss it. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things. It's a way to wind down or to have a moan about something that's happened in work or just to get to know the people who you're working with who maybe don't talk about things in the office because they're not the kind of things that they think people should be discussing at the office. But as soon as you get half a <laughs> half a calling down them. <laughs> but it, it is, it's just, it's a nice way to do it. And yes, I get that not everybody drinks mm. and not everybody is going to feel comfortable going into a pub, regardless of whether they drink alcohol or not. That's fine, but it doesn't mean that we can't do it. Well, um, I had a training video uh, when I first started and... One of the sections was about inclusion. Mm. Oh, my goodness me. And uh, it was all to do with, well, they've arranged uh, drinks for Christmas or something after work. I don't drink. I'm a Muslim. I'm this, that, and the other. We feel excluded. Fine, but you can still come along. You don't, it's not absolutely necessary to have... It's like saying we're having a... A vegan barbecue. I'm not vegan, and it sounds like my worst nightmare, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I can't go and at least try what is on offer. If I'm invited, go and try. I don't feel comfortable. You know, I've never been to a mosque. Well, I actually, that's a lie. I have been to a mosque, but if I was invited to, a say, an Eid party or that there was a round robin, I wouldn't feel excluded because I wasn't Muslim. It's gone out to everybody. Mm. Yeah, and there is a difference. I mean, yes, you do have to be inclusive of everybody, but you can't possibly arrange something that includes everybody. Everybody. So that's why just arrange lots of different things. So the gay society part <laughs> <laughs> of at work. Um, I, I only can't mention it by name because I, I know that our chief exec occasionally listens to this. <laughs> oh, God, you've, you have mentioned his name. If he's listening, this is an LGBTQ <laughs> podcast. We are sort of very inclusive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think he gets it. His favourite podcast. That's what he said, yeah. I've got that printed on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have, since COVID has been sort of rampant. <laughs> yeah, and now it's over. No one gets COVID anymore. <laughs> but we have been arranging social events. But we're always careful for every Friday night after work going to the gay village that is organised, we also arrange a Thursday after work, go to a, a coffee shop. Or like last week, some of the Muslim colleagues brought in 
a massive, and I mean a huge <laughs> Eid feast mm-hmm. and put it out in the kitchen and just said, come on, let's all celebrate Eid or don't celebrate Eid, just come and have some good food. But it's all that kind of thing, putting bits on for everybody, but you can't stop doing things. So I could have said, well, I don't feel included in this Eid feast because I'm a Catholic. I don't think we should have it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So therefore you shouldn't put it on. And everyone would call me stupid, but then people saying, well, you shouldn't be arranging payday pint because some people don't drink alcohol. That's exactly the same. Yes. Mm. And that's my view on it. And it's always going to be my view on it. And if any, nobody has challenged, I mean, I've got to say, uh, of the two of us, my organisation seems a little bit less precious than where (laughs) you work. Your place of work does sound like a fucking nightmare actually in terms of people um i i i i a melting pot yes i mean my place is a, a lovely melting pot of of creeds colors backgrounds and we all get on and mm. nobody's got any sort of demands as such which i'm very grateful because it makes for a much happier work nobody's treading on eggshells all the time yes Got a long way off the pub. <laughs> and I cannot pass without mentioning Blowing Wild and Oblivion, two dead gay bars in Preston, which I don't think I ever went into Blowing Wild, but I certainly went into Oblivion and it was fun. Mm. And I can't understand for the life of me why they've shut down. Yeah, I mean, they were in a sort of an area of Preston that nobody would ever go to, (laughs) (laughs) which never helped because it did really make it seem a bit ghettoised because you had to go out of your way. And so there was never any element of, oh, let's just pop into this pub. I wonder what this pub could be because... As soon as you're heading down that side of town, it's like, oh, well, you're going to... You're going to the gay bar? Yeah. Gay! (laughs) The alarm goes off. I wonder what the gay alarm sounds like. (laughs) That's very offensive. I know. Sorry. (laughs) That's it. We're over. I notice you're laughing now. (laughs) I'm crying inside. (laughs) But I think Oblivion in particular was, again, not a nice pub. It really? You see, I, I, car, I... Your feet stuck to the oh, carpet. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. You know, but, but the welcome in there. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you walked in, you would get slagged off by the drag queen DJ. But again, so many different kinds of people. It was the only gay pub in Preston next door to the only gay club mm. in Preston. So that's where... Everyone went and there'd been people who'd been going in there for 30 years. There were people who were still unsure about whether to come out or not and who went in in disguise almost. I don't know if it's something to do with, because Preston's quite small, but it's got quite a large student population and students on the whole are generally more accepting or just not bothered. So I think the whole idea of having to segregate straight and gay people in pubs sort of disappeared yeah from a non-gay perspective i actually think that it's a bit in our very first pod we talked about gay bars i think it's a bit sad that there isn't a designated gay pub in preston because this is something that cropped up a little while back i was talking to somebody and they were on about canal street and and i've seen it a few times where this is our space and i get that that 
it seems to be gay men in particular want somewhere they can go where it's just gay. <laughs> and I can, so I can, I can get it, but by the same token, it's going right in the face of all the inclusion that you're striving for, seemingly. I mean, I, I might have misunderstood that. On the other hand, I think that there's a certain vibrancy about pubs which, are, which lean towards gay clientele mm. that you don't get from other pubs. You're quite right. We are meeting in the middle now uh, where there's not really... I. Oh, do I think there's a need for gay bars or not? I think there's a yearning for times past because they were fun. I remember yeah. your early gay career <laughs> on Canal Street. It was fun, Canal Street. I was very much a visitor. <laughs> but, you know, you've spoken on it before, but in terms of this is our space, what do you think? Again, it's becoming less important, although at the same time, there's still that <clears throat> undercurrent. And... There are a lot of gay people, lesbians, trans people, basically any any of the alphabet mafia. <laughs> the LGBT QWERTY. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who do want somewhere where they can feel safe. And particularly if they are single and they're looking to meet someone, they want to know that they can go and chat up a guy at the bar mm. and not get punched but also, as you say, gay bars are more fun. We went out a few weeks ago in Churchill's, which is on Canal Street mm. in the uh, in the gay village. It was me and Stuart and three girls, all straight. And they had a great time because the atmosphere was really good. And it wasn't a case of, oh, well, this is our space. You shouldn't be in here. And no one thought there was people of all shapes mm. and sizes and letters <laughs> in there. But... It was the fact that everyone was so relaxed. And I think that's why we need gay bars, because you feel relaxed there. I mean, I think it's very yeah. sad that Preston doesn't have one. Yes. I, I just think that it's maybe it's a springboard to, as you say, uh, that safety springboard to mm. coming out or being comfortable or confident enough. Because it's, it's still very rare that you even go into a pub and see a gay couple, lesbian, gay or otherwise, holding hands or kissing mm. openly. I do think that's sad. I did see, I can't remember where I was now, uh, but I was walking somewhere and I saw two blokes holding hands. And I thought, <gasps> did you run them all? How dare you? This is England. I thought, that's love, that's wonderful. There mm. should be more of that. So again, I think we're at that horrible in-between place where... It's widely accepted, but not enough to be normal, which is why I still think we need gay pubs. Mm. Just not the pubs that I go to. So I don't want to mix with those. <laughs> <laughs> but to bring it to a close, I just think there are so many different types of pub. And again, I've said this before, it's a very sad sight to see a closed pub. There are so mm. many. It's that You can have that at the club, the ancient 400-year-old thatch pub, <laughs> a youth bar, <laughs> you know, the, the nightclub dance pub, or just a, a standard bar that you're going to for a pint on your way home, or a town centre bar. There are so many different types. There's something to cater for everyone. And as a culture... You only need to watch any programs from the 70s or 80s where they're in a pub. And I do feel a little tingling, a yearning for days gone by. I'm not one for the good old days, but pubs, I do think, I wish they were half as vibrant as they were at the start of our career. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Bring back the pub.
So it's time to decide feather or not, ye old pube is an important part of our culture. And I'm not even going to piss about. It's five out of five. I think the the pub is the hub, as far as I'm concerned. It is the centre of social life in Britain. And it's something that I can't imagine doing without. For all that people talk about how cheap it is to drink at home, there's nothing quite as nice as meeting your mates for a drink in a pub. Absolutely. Five out of five for me as well. The answer to any question that somebody asks can be the pub. Where should we meet? I'm in town. I'm in a city that I've never been into in my life. Where should I go? The pub. (laughs) I will also say on that point, men navigate by pubs. Yes. How do I get to such and such a place? Well, 400 yards down, on your right-hand side, there's the Green King. If you turn left, you'll come to the red line, and that's where the traffic lights are. That's how men navigate. Yeah, which is why we need to keep pubs open, because then otherwise we'll just be completely lost. Or reliant on sat now. (laughs) I'm completely lost. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to round us off with Screening Queens. Yay. This is a lovely little series. It's about 20 years old now. It's written by Craig Cash, and it's called Early Doors. You never have to... Have you seen it? Oh, (laughs) it ran for two series of six episodes, and it's, again, a very northern... Pub. It's set entirely within a pub, The Grapes. There's a northern pub dying on its arse. The usual characters in there. You've got the, well, the boring old couple in the, in the corner talking about uh, roadblocks. And then you've got the nasty old bastard, I'm on my own. Oh, the old people in pubs, the old men in pubs with the horseshoe wallet. <laughs> Picking out tuppence and paying it to the penny on the bar. Just put it in my hand. Early Doors, if you've not seen it, it's worth tracking down. It's probably on iPlayer or some streaming service. I think it has recently been re-released on iPlayer because it kick-started a campaign for a third series. It's up there in my top five all-time sitcoms. It's just a really gentle... Nothing happens in it, really. It's just (laughs) a microcosm of pub life. So, yes, Early Doors would be my recommendation. Well, there we go. We've got something to watch when we get back from the pub. So, pint. Exactly. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.